Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we wrap up Galatians with Galatians chapter 6. It reads, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. All right, Jake, as we wrap up Galatians today here in chapter 6, we see that Paul is giving them kind of an overview on how they can handle sin issues that arise within the church. And so possibly he's giving them this because he's just dealt with this in some way, and he wants to make sure that they can grow on their own and deal with that. But what is it that he's really trying to challenge these believers to do? And how is he coming about with a maybe prescription for how they can work through these issues? So Paul here at the end of the letter is calling these believers to help and and to bear one another's burdens. Uh, that's the clear point in verse 2. But the the goal here is really restoration. Paul is not so focused on casting people out of the church because of their sin, which I think we can often do, you know, in our in our modern church church world today. We can be so focused on what someone has done and not be as focused on just making sure that they're actually okay. His goal here is to to draw people back to Christ. So whether they're dealing with this sin issue of the law and the promise, or whether it's a sin issue that is completely different, the goal is to restore them to Christ in the spirit of gentleness. And they're supposed to do this uh, not on their own accord, but in accord with the spirit, because Uh, He then talks about the temptation to think that, oh, look, I'm the one that restored this brother. But really, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the work that Christ is doing in us. And that's key because it takes us back to the way he closed chapter 5. Hey, don't get conceited or puffed up by what's going on, thinking this is about you. Because when that's happening, we're going to be tempted to fall back into these systems and this mindset that is so focused on us that we lose sight of the fact that we were freed 
to serve God and to serve others. And that's what he calls them to do here. Because he says, verse 4, but let each of us test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. He's not saying you're boasting in himself, but he's saying, yes, I'm able to now work through, by the grace of God in my life, the issues that I'm dealing with and to help others for that. But it goes back to the grace of God in my life. It's not my own merit that has brought that standing. It's not the fact that now I've attained a special knowledge or a level of salvation that allows me to be over those things. We all still will deal with sin, but we understand the grace that we stand on. And that's what allows us to bear one another's burdens and build up the body of Christ. And as he walks through that here, he wants us to understand that that involves us sharing our lives with others. It involves us living for others. It involves us understanding that we are doing these things that are hard. I love how he says it in verse 9. As he says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. It's hard living the Christian life because we realize our life is not about us. It's about being used and being poured out and being spent for others. And that takes a lot, especially if we're trying to do it on our own. We need the Spirit of God active in our life, empowering us to live according to God's plans, so that we can be useful to him. I also really like, Jake, how he focuses in on verse 10, how he says it's important how we live and treat one another. He says there, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are the household of faith. Why do you think he draws us to that focus? Why is it important how we're treating one another within the body of believers? Yeah, so first, I mean, it is important that we treat everyone, you know, in a good manner, with respect, with love, with care, so that we can point those who are not in the faith to Christ and to faith, but especially those who are in fellowship with us in the faith, because they are one with us. They are united with us in the body of Christ. And so when we treat them poorly, we're actually treating ourselves poorly, and we're treating Christ poorly, because We are all unified through our faith. And it's really hard for us to think of it in that way, but Paul's going to give us that image in many other places. We are the body, just like you've said, one body. We're all called to be working together. And so we need to display that special love to one another, to go out of our way to serve, to do what is necessary for those people to be filled, to be successful, so that we're working together for the cause of Christ. I think that's huge because I think that that must be something that has been sacrificed by the dissension that's taken place here that he's trying to work through. And he wants to bring them back to that point that they're united for one another, moving forward for the cause of the gospel. And that is what Paul desires that group of people to look like. So, Jake, a question I do have in this is when we look here at verse 11, it says, see with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. Once again, that kind of shows this personal account of what's going on. How do we understand that and his focus on that here in the final chapter as he's wrapping up? Yeah, so as Paul um, writes this letter, I think what we can interpret this to mean is that Paul has actually written this entire letter himself. Uh, it's it's pretty common 
uh, for Paul to have had a like a scribe or somebody to to speak to who could then like write down what what he was saying. But Paul decided that this issue was significant enough. And uh, what he wanted to say was significant enough. He wrote the whole letter himself, showing how much he cared, showing how personal he is with those who are in Christ with him. Because like you said, he could have just used some other scribe writing this or something else, but he's saying, nope, this is key. You started off so well, and yet you're falling back into these things. And he wants them to understand. He wants them to have victory over that so that they're no longer enslaved by what they have seen to be and what is being argued to be the way that they're supposed to be living. He calls them back to freedom, to keep themselves from the law so that they no longer desire that lifestyle. So as we've now walked through the totality of what Paul is charging these believers with, hopefully we have a better understanding of our standing before God. Hopefully we have an understanding of how we are now freed to live in the life that our maker has for us, serving one another, loving one another, loving God as we do so, that we're now able to honor God in all we do. And so as you walk through this passage, as you walk through this entire chapter in community with other people, asking questions, seeing how your life corresponds to what it speaks on, hopefully you've been challenged, hopefully you've been grown, hopefully you've been encouraged as you do so. And know today you are loved.